Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Iron Sharpens Iron Bible Study uh, podcast. As we closed out last week, I said that I wasn't really sure where I wanted to go, um, but I think I'm going to go Old Testament. And one of my favorite Old Testament books is one of the Minor Prophets, and that's Jonah. Jonah is an interesting book because it has come under fire for not being believable. Most people know the story of Jonah like they they, they know the story of, of Noah's flood. You know, everyone has heard of a guy named Jonah who's swallowed by a fish. Since being swallowed by a fish and living to tell about it is a pretty fantastic story, many have relegated Jonah to, to just that, a story, not a historical event. Many have Many take the book as a myth, and that nothing in the book actually happened. Um, as we go through this, we'll note how, you know, the, the many reasons why we must accept the events in Jonah as actual historical events. The first piece of evidence we must consider is that Jonah the prophet is not only mentioned in the book of Jonah, in the scriptures, um, 2 Kings chapter 14, verses 23 through 25 says, In the fifteenth year of Amaziah, the, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, began to reign in Samaria, and he reigned for forty-one years. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin. He restored the border of Israel from Lebohamath as far as the Sea of Arabah. According to the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, which he spoke by his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet. Notice that Jonah is a real person who prophesied during the reign of Jeroboam II. You know, this puts the time of Jonah's prophetic ministry between 782 and 753 B.C. If we don't accept the historical life of Jonah based on two, uh, um, 2 Kings um, 14.25, then we cannot accept anything in the scriptures as historically true, and the whole Bible must therefore be discarded. The scriptures don't present Jonah as a fairy tale, but as an actual man who was a prophet from, you know, God, with whom God dealt with in amazing ways. You know, so that being said, let, let's look at the book of Jonah starting in chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come upon me. Has come up before me, I'm sorry. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, so he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down into, into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So the word of the Lord comes to Jonah, giving him the mission to go to uh, the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its evil has come up before the Lord. Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria, which during the time of Jonah was the world power. Unexpectedly, Jonah doesn't obey God's command to go preach to the city of Nineveh. Rather, Jonah goes to Joppa to get on a ship going to Tarshish. You know, it's accepted by most that Tarshish was likely a city in Spain. What, jo what Jonah does is equivalent to God telling us to go um, 
go to New York City, only to get on a plane in Miami and fly to San Diego. Everything about Jonah's movement shows that he is going the opposite direction. You know, going to Joppa is the opposite direction of Nineveh. And going to Joppa is going as far from um, Nineveh as a person could go at, at, at that time. The scriptures are emphasizing that Jonah is going the wrong way by naming his destination Tarshish three times in this one verse. You know, twice the verse tells us what Jonah is doing. Jonah is going away from the presence of the Lord. You know, the idiom has led to, to some confusion. Some think that Jonah thought he could run away from God. But Jonah is a prophet of God, and he knows that God rules over all the earth. Jonah is not thinking that by running away that he is going to a place where God isn't. Rather, going away from the presence of the Lord is a way of saying that Jonah has quit his prophetic work. You know, to stand before the presence of the Lord meant that you, you were acting in the official capacity of a prophet. So, you know, Jonah is declaring his unwillingness to serve God. Jonah is quitting his prophetic office, if you will. Going to Tarshish likely indicates that he is desiring to go where God's people are not. You know, Jonah was placed in a moment of decision. Will he obey the voice of the Lord or not? Will Jonah follow his desires or will he follow God's will? You know, all of us attempt to flee from the presence of the Lord as Jonah did. You know, we don't get on a boat and try to move um, to the far reaches of the earth. However, in heart and in spirit, we make the same declaration. You know, we decide to ignore God. We think that God will not see what we're doing. We act like God will not leave us alone, or that he will leave us alone, I'm sorry, if we ignore him. We do the exact same thing. You know, we may go to church services, but we have no interest in listening to God's word and letting God's word change our lives. We've quit on God. You know, some, some make this declaration more pronounced by no longer going to church services. When it comes to our desires and God's will, we often choose our will. Now, sometimes our will matches God's will. So we, you know, we think that we're obeying God when we're still obeying our desires. You know, we, we read Jonah and we wonder how he could act in such a rebellious way. Yet we act with the same degree of rebellion when the word of God falls on deaf ears and stony hearts. Let's read on here verses four through six. It says, the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea, so that the ship was about to break up. Then the sailors became afraid, and every man cried to his God, and they threw the cargo which was in the ship into the sea to, to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone below into the hold of the ship, lain down, and fallen, fallen sound asleep. So the captain approached him and said, How is it that you are sleeping? Get up, call on your God. Perhaps your God will be concerned about us so that we will not perish. If you'll notice, verse 3 began with the words, But Jonah. Verse 4 begins with the words, But the Lord. The Lord isn't going to leave Jonah alone. God brings up great winds 
causing a violent storm on the sea. The storm was so violent that the ship was about to break apart and the sailors were pitching their cargo overboard. When you have seasoned professional sailors fearing for their lives, then you know the severity of the situation. God can use events in our lives to try and wake us up from our spiritual blindness and our spiritual fatigue. You know, we read many places in the scriptures that Satan can use things in life to try and pull us away from God, especially seen in the book of Job. Um, God can use things to try and wake us up to cause us to seek after him. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 6 says, And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Then over in the book of Job, chapter 33, verses 26 through 30, it says, He will pray to God, and God will delight in him. That man will see his face with a shout of joy, and God will restore his righteousness to him. He will look at men and say, I have sinned and perverted what was right, yet I did not get what I deserve. He redeemed my soul from going down to the pit, and I will continue to see the light. God certainly does all these things two or three times to a man in order to turn him back from the pit so he may shine with the light of life. You know, what we're seeing with Jonah is not God's wrath, but his mercy. God is trying to awaken Jonah from his spiritual rebellion and foolishness. And often we can be like Jonah. You know, we're asleep in the boat. The whole crew is panicking, aware of the danger. Jonah's asleep, not aware at all of the danger. You know, we think that we're safe in our rebellion, unaware of the spiritual danger that we are in. And further, we fail to recognize the harm that we're causing others in our rebellion. You know, the lives of every person on this vessel is in danger because of Jonah's rebellion. You know, often we fail to see the damage we're causing in the lives of others because of our sins, because of what we've done. Moving on here, verses, uh, we're, we're going to take the rest of the chapter here, verses 7 through 16. It says, Each man said to his mate, Come, let us cast lots, so we make lots learn on whose account this calamity has struck us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us now on whose account has this calamity struck us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men became extremely frightened, and they said to him, how could you do this? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he, he had told them. So they said to him, What should we do to you, that the sea may become calm for us? For the sea was becoming increasingly stormy. He said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you, for I know that on account of me this great storm has come upon you. 
However, the men rode desperately to return to land, but they but they could not, for the sea was becoming even stormier against them. Then they called on the Lord and said, We earnestly pray, O Lord, do not let us perish on account of this man's life, and do not put innocent blood on us. For you, O Lord, have done as you have pleased. So they picked up Jonah, threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. Then the men feared the Lord greatly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. You know, Jonah's full-blown stubbornness against God is fascinating. The storm is about to kill everyone, um, and, and the boat, it, it's about to break apart. Jonah admits that these things are happening because of his disobedience to the Lord. And Jonah's solution is his death. I don't know that we read the story and understand what Jonah is saying that he must do. When he tells the sailors to throw him overboard, they are going to throw him overboard to his death. You know, to be thrown overboard in, in this powerful storm is to drown. You know, there's no reason to think that God is going to deliver him. You know, with this in mind, isn't it interesting that that's Jonah's solution? Jonah doesn't decide to pray to God for deliverance. Jonah doesn't turn in repentance to the Lord. Jonah doesn't confess his sins to the Lord. You know, Jonah doesn't tell the captain to turn back and go, go to Joppa. Jonah's answer is simply to throw him to his death. You know, this is why we see the sailors trying another way in verse 13. They row hard to try to get to land, but they're unsuccessful. You know, Jonah's done with God. Jonah is stubborn against the Lord, and God is, he's mercifully trying to save Jonah's eternal soul, who has given up on him completely. But Jonah's answer is to be cast into the sea to his death. You know, it's sad to see the spiritual condition of this rebellious prophet. But it's also sad to see us in the same spiritual condition of rebellion. God is trying to save us. You know, God, he sent his son to redeem us from our slavery to sin and set us free from our sins. God has given us the lifeboat to avoid the eternal punishment that, that's due to each of us for our rebellion. And what is our response? You know, often we just dig in our heels like a stubborn mule and refuse the salvation that God is offering. We would rather sink to our spiritual death than receive the grace and mercy of our Lord. We would rather remain in our spiritual prison cell than come out into the sunlight of freedom that is in Christ. You know, we read Jonah and we wonder what's wrong with him. We should look at ourselves and wonder what's wrong with us. Why are we stubbornly choosing our desires rather than choosing life in Christ? Our rebellion is destroying ourselves and destroying others around us, yet we still refuse to choose the Lord. 
We stay in spiritual blindness and remain cold in heart. You know, in doing so, we're choosing the destruction of our lives and the, the, the destruction of our eternal souls. I mean, what a poor choice that we're making. God is trying to save us, and we keep swimming back into danger. You know, parents correct their children to save them from destruction. We tell our children not to go into the street because they're going to get hit by a car. The child rebels because the parent is being, you know, oppressive and won't give us, you know, our, our freedom. We want to play in the street, even though it's to our own peril. God isn't trying to constrain us or limit our freedom. God is giving us his laws and correcting us to save us from destruction. Yet, like rebellious children, we want to run back into danger, not understanding that God is trying to protect us. God's word is for our good, so that we can have life now and eternal life to come. Next week, we'll be in chapter 2, where we'll, uh, we'll read about uh, Jonah's prayer. Um, as always, whenever we, we end an episode... Uh, I want to tell you to feel free to share your reflections, any questions that you have, or even a favorite verse with our community. You know, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to stay current on all of our available episodes. And until our next, uh, our next uh, session, stay steadfast, stay inspired, and may your faith continue to grow sharper each day. I'm Dustin Goad. This is the Iron Sharpens Iron Bible Study Podcast. And until next time, God bless.